Hey, good morning, everybody. I don't know if you can tell from my attire, but I have decided I am going to enjoy Christmas this year. I don't care what you think. <laughs> Glory to God. We need more people just filled with the, the, the spirit of Christmas, the true spirit of Christmas, that spirit which, which exalts Jesus. Now, I want to start today a little bit differently than I have uh, because this morning before my feet uh, uh, hit the floor, I was praying and the Lord spoke to me and, and just kind of really began to lead me uh, in, in a prayer time. And I heard this verse from Acts 19. This isn't the message, but it will set the stage for, to posture our hearts to receive the message. Uh, in Acts 19, Paul is, is speaking and he finds these disciples of John and he asked them uh, a wonderful question. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He, he was saying, listen, when the message was proclaimed to you, did you receive? That means that there was a message, and they certainly did. They placed faith in Jesus, the name of Jesus. These were disciples in Acts 19, uh, some 30 years after Pentecost. And, and these guys, they, they believed in the name of Jesus. They believed the message, but what, what, what they would find out in that moment is this, that they, while they believed the message, they didn't receive what was available. And the Lord, before my feet hit the floor today, he said, Pray for my people to receive what I have for them today. I don't believe God brought you into this place just to give you another message or some really high quality humor, which is coming. I don't think you did. I don't think you, I don't, I, I don't think that you need another notebook filled up with notes. Here's what I think. I think we ought to leave this place having received from heaven what God has fashioned for us. So, so listen, look at your neighbor this morning and just tell him, just tell him, I'm going to receive. And if you're not careful, tell him. And if you're not careful, I'll take yours too. Okay. Seriously, I even want to, just before, just before we go, I, I want us to just pray. Father, we ask, Lord, that in this place, Lord, that we would, Lord, we would just step over religious, religious tradition and, Lord, maybe even familiar expectation when it comes to church. And, Lord, we want to step over into actually receiving those good gifts that come down from the Father of lights. Lord, those good things that you have prepared for those who believe. So God, by faith, we declare we will receive today. That's my declaration. I will receive what you have for me today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Well, if you have your Bible, you go to Luke chapter 2. But obviously, there's only a few of you, based upon your dress, uh, you know, ready for this Christmas season, as you could say. I'm, I'm, I'm back in some more Christmas gear. I'm probably just going to give all this stuff away. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with sweatshirts that light up and red Santa, you know, hoodies, because it's 
I'm probably never wearing this again, you know. Uh, but I, I, I just made a commitment to the Lord. Lord, I am going to be so happy in this Christmas season. I'm not going to miss anything that you have for me. And as we've been hearing, we've been hearing that the Christmas season is supposed to be marked with what? Overwhelming joy. Overwhelming joy. Did you even know that? Remember, we, remember that from last week when they came in and they really worshiped and they fell down? That word fell down, it means, man, when they, when they fell before Jesus as if to be shattered before him, they worshiped. When they saw Jesus, they were filled with overwhelming joy. And I, I really want to tell you, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that God in his grace just rips off of us anything that is tied to like religious tradition rather than uh, theological reality. I want the theological realities of the scripture coming to bear in my life. I don't want to just read the stories and say, wow, that was really neat for them when God says, I'm offering this to all of us today. So I want you to live in joy. I want you to live in the whole spirit of the season. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I hope you're taking notes. These are the, this is the most important part of the sermon. <laughs> All right. Why are Christmas trees so fond of the past? Because the present is beneath them. I went to Calvary Church today. Pastor was kind of funny. His first joke was a four out of ten. All right. Um, uh, all right. Hey, um, uh, so why, uh, why did Frosty the Snowman uh, get kicked out of the grocery store? No, no, no. He, he got caught picking his nose. Yeah. Listen, when, listen, it got, it got so much worse when the police were called. I mean, he had a total meltdown. <laughs> All right. All right, I got a good one for you. All of you guys. You, you guys can participate in this one, a little knock-knock joke, okay? Are you ready? All right. Knock-knock. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're finally excited for Christmas. All right. All right. Okay. Luke chapter 2. That's enough of that nonsense. All right. Luke chapter 2. You see what I did there? Yahoo. Okay. All right. Luke chapter 2. Today we're going to read a passage uh, that doesn't require you to go home and separate your nativity. You're actually going to find some people who were there the day Christ was born in this passage. And uh, there is a message, I, just for me personally, uh, I've been rereading these Christmas stories. And for me personally, maybe because I'm adding faith to it, but there is fresh revelation in all of these familiar stories. And I, I pray that your heart gets stirred to experience the supernatural nature that God has mixed into this season. So Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, 
hear the story about the shepherds and their encounter with heaven. It says, and now there were in the same country, this is after the birth of Jesus, shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Today, we're going we're gonna to focus in carefully on the declaration of the heavenly host. We spent some time in the last couple of weeks looking at the message from Gabriel brought to Mary about the nature of Christ, this one that not only was Mary called to bring into the world, but that you and I as believers and followers of Christ, we're called to manifest Christ. And, and so I want us again today to look into the message from these angels. And I, I believe that from this, we can actually hear heaven's call at Christmas. And that's really the title of this message called The Christmas Call. Now Christmas, based upon these words, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The, the, the Christmas call is first, it's a call to worship. And we have been, we have been saying this once and again and again and again. Uh, this season is filled with, with songs and singing. And the reason is, is Christmas is a call to worship. I love this. The statement from the angels is this. Glory to God in the highest. Now, this first angel comes along and he tells them exactly what's happened, but suddenly a multitude show up. Imagine, if you will, the angels exist outside of the realm of, of human experience, meaning that they're, they are living in the realm of eternity with God. They are with him night and day. But suddenly, something happens that causes a multitude of heavenly hosts, a multitude of angels, to break out of the unseen realm and suddenly become seen. And it was a worship moment. They said this statement, Glory to God in the highest. Matter of fact, most of us don't know this, but you do speak a second language, and no, I'm not talking about redneck. No, you speak, and as a matter of fact, you probably have been speaking another language, going through the stores, listening to Christmas music. You would sing this line, in excelsis Deo, and you have no idea. Maybe you thought those were English words, and you're still trying to figure out what those words meant, but they're actually not English. They are Latin, and they mean glory to God in the highest. Now, the beauty of the initiation of God coming to earth in the flesh is what these angels were responding to. Notice what they said. Glory to God. Where did they say give glory to God? 
in the highest. Notice they didn't say on the earth. In the highest. It's a glory to God in the highest. This would also mean give glory to God in the highest heavens. The places, this, this is the place where angels dwell. This is heaven. And by the way, I think sometimes we have a very mixed up view of heaven. Some of you guys are like, man, I cannot wait to get to heaven because I'm going to have like 5,000 acres, a gated community. Nobody's going to bother me. You just made all that up. In your mind, you're like, man, I'm going to heaven and nobody's going to be there. Oh, gosh. If you read your Bible, you're going to find out you're going to get a whole lot of roommates. Anyways, and so we've got these weird ideas of silence. Some of you, some of you think, man, I can't wait to go to heaven just to get some peace and quiet. Oof. I do have some good news for you. I got some good news for those who are thinking, I'm going to go to heaven, get some peace and quiet. The Bible says, 30 minutes you get. 30 minutes of silence in heaven. And guess what's happening the rest of the time? A blaring worship service. Hang on, hang on. You're clapping now. Yeah. Listen. There is worship going on around the throne all of the time. It is the normal course of heaven to have worship. Isaiah saw this moment. He said, he said I saw the one. He was high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. The angels were around him. And what were they saying? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. John, uh, you know, the one who leaned on Jesus in the book of Revelation on the Isle of Patmos. On the Lord's day, he's in the spirit. And not only does he see the declaration of angels saying, holy, holy, holy. He sees the scene of redeemed man, 24 elders, casting down their crowns before, uh, before Jesus saying, worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the one. So heaven is filled with worship all of the time. However, this initial moment when Jesus came into the world caused heaven to go into a special worship service. All of these angels, they break from the unseen realm, step into the earth. A multitude, we don't know how many, a multitude of angels, and they are saying glory to God in the highest. Why are angels calling heaven into a special worship service? It's because they finally got their question answered. See, angels for a long time have been looking in at humanity going, 
God, why are you interested in them? Why are you interested? They rebelled against you. They fell away. They're, they're, they're rebellious. They, they say they're going to do the right thing, and then they do the wrong thing. And the Lord, from the very beginning, you've been saying that you are going to send a Savior. And the angels are like, I don't know how God is going to be able to work this out. You say, how do you know this? First Peter. First Peter tells us this. 1 Peter chapter, 10, uh, chapter 1, verses 10 to 12 say this. Now listen, this is why I believe the angels broke into worship. And I think it's why you and I should break into worship all the more. It says, concerning this salvation, this work of redemption that God does through Christ, the prophets, the men who were getting glimpses of what was coming, who spoke of the grace of God that was to come, searched intently with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstance to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Messiah and the glories that would follow, the coming of Jesus. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. That means the people in the future. When they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels... Long to look into these things. You see, we, we, we find out here that angels had been saying, God, how are you going to fix such broken humanity? How are you really going to save? And, and listen, the scripture is true when it says of Jesus that he is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. But the initiation of the redemption of mankind, the, this healing process that God was bringing through Christ, it caused angels to break from eternity to step into the world and say, glory to God, heaven, it's happening. Glory to God! He's doing it! He's doing it! It was in that moment, angels had revelation of the goodness of God. They were having revelation of how good God is because they've been looking into it because they're like, man, these creatures. If I was God, I'd do another flood and just stop them all. I mean, angels are looking into it going, Why? And I think you and I, this side of placing faith in Christ, should worship all the more. You see, heaven is always worshiping God. But this moment was so exuberant that heaven's worship came to earth. By the way, you pray this all the time. You know, you, you know this from uh, the Lord's Prayer, really the model prayer. Our Father, chart in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, there is worship all of the time in heaven because our God is worthy. He is holy. But this moment when Christ came, it was like angels couldn't contain it. They said, man, I have got to step out of this moment and declare before all of fallen humanity, glory to God in the highest. All of heaven is worshiping God for what he's doing on earth. That's so good. Now listen. 
So that means that this season for us, that sometimes what, we, what you and I need to do is our worship needs to match what's going on in heaven. Our worship should be a mirror of what's going on right there, right now. And we don't worship based upon our circumstance. We worship upon the, uh, based upon the goodness of God, saying what? Glory to God in the highest. Now, listen, the Christmas call doesn't start, stop just with a call to worship. There is a call that comes which, if you can believe it, will dramatically impact your life today. See, there is a call from these angels angel's declaration and that is a call to wholeness it is a call to wholeness it says and on earth peace glory to god in the highest heaven it's time to worship god's doing it he's being good like we've never seen before his goodness is ex- it's, it's beyond what we could have even thought And then he says, and on earth, now what's coming? Peace. Now, the New Testament is written in Greek. And uh, I I met someone last week who came for the first time. uh, Who Her name is what this word is in the Greek. So if if your name is Irene in here, Irene, your name literally means peace. And that's what this is in the Greek. But Irene, or Irene, and its Hebrew counterpart, they carry the same message. Matter of fact, these shepherds were not Greek. These shepherds were Hebrew. And it could be that they would have been spoken to in Hebrew. So when they heard, and on earth, peace, they may have heard the word shalom. And on earth, listen, listen, the call of Christmas says shalom. On earth, shalom. Now listen, I, I know that we, we just translate that, that, that peace, and we, maybe you, you think that just means quiet, but that is not what this word means. Shalom means peace. It means harmony. It means wholeness. It means completeness. It means prosperity. It means welfare. It means tranquility. It means everything that was broken in your life, that all of those pieces have been assembled and are now back together what if God doesn't want you just knowing the definition of peace but experiencing what he declared in the hills of Israel 2,000 years ago saying on earth from this time forward shalom the proclamation of Christmas is this Jesus has come To make you whole. Jesus has come to make you whole. And when I heard these words, immediately I heard the interaction at Solomon's porch from John 5. There was a man laying in this porch and there were plenty of blind and sick and infirm and lame laying there. Solomon's colonnade. You know the story. And there was a man who had been there for a long, long time. 
And as the story goes, it, it was it, the reason they gathered there around the pool is an angel would come from time to time, stir the waters, and it was said that the first one in the waters would be healed. So you had all these sick people trying to get into the water. But there's a man there who's lame. He's had an infirmity for a long time. And this is the interaction that Jesus has with him when he's close to healing and yet not receiving it. He says these words. Now a certain man who had, who had an infirmity 38 years when Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Uh-oh. I mean, if there was ever a moment somebody in the Bible was going to get offended at a statement that Jesus made, boy, it might have been this one. I mean, just ask my wife. Cranky. People get real cranky when they're sick. And when somebody says something that's a little contrary to you when you're sick, man, you're going to snap. Here's a guy who's laying close to a place where miracles take, take place regularly. People are being healed. And Jesus walks up to him and says, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made well? And the guy's like, well, uh, 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 uh. Why are you asking me that question? I'm here, aren't I? Why did Jesus ask that question? Do you want to be made well? You know what he said, right? You know what he said? He said, I have nobody to put me in the water when they're stirred. Anybody ever asked you, hey, you know, uh, why aren't you living for God the way that you, well, I don't have anybody checking on me. Man, you've been carrying that burden for a long time. You went through that divorce a long time ago. You went through that betrayal a long time ago. Why, why haven't you let that go? Well, I don't have anybody. I got to tell you, some, I'm, I'm coming here with the word of the Lord on this one. I got to tell you, right now, there are people in this room, you're carrying chains, and Jesus is in this place telling a pastor on a, with a Christmas message, asking you this question, do you want to be made well? You know, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we do not want to be made well. Ask anybody who's on a disability check at a healing service. Well, if God heals me, what am I going to work? You're close to healing. You're in an atmosphere of healing. But truth be told, sometimes our levels of brokenness and fracture in our life, we just think they're acceptable so that we can excuse our level of spiritual mediocrity. Glory to God, I bless you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 
you want to be made well. This word well in King James, oh, it translates it right. It means whole. Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be whole? This is what it means. This is what the angel said. He said, and on earth, wholeness. Wholeness. Oh, and you can leave today whole. There, God told me this morning, he's got something for everybody who dons the doors. And if you don't want to leave the same way you came, you can leave whole. Why? Because Christ came with a ministry of shalom to you. Where he takes the fracture. He takes the brokenness. He puts us back together. And suddenly, we walk away from that trap we've been in for decades, hand in hand with a Savior, suddenly holding in victory those things which held us for years. And I think at Christmas we need the reminder, Jesus came to make you whole. He didn't come so you could live in acceptable levels of brokenness, in acceptable levels of lukewarmness. Oh, oh, I'll just, I'll just take a, a teaspoon of depression so I can get my get high free card. Glory to God. Oh, it's, I'm telling you, Christmas is about God's declaration. Listen, I'm not, I'm not downing anybody who came in with issues. We all came in with issues. I just wonder if we're not willing to receive what God wants to give us in this place. You don't have to stay broken. You don't have to stay bitter. Listen, that person you've been mad at for years, oh, man, all you do, every time you think about them, a storm rolls up in your mind. Every time you think about that person why don't you just let the calming winds of the presence of God bring you into a place of wholeness and say I forgive I let them go I promise you if this place is littered with spiritual chains after this service we'll clean them up I've come to announce to you today, you do not have to leave the same why because angels came and said on earth Does that mean peace with God? You better believe it means peace with God. You don't have to be an enemy of God. Oh, he brings you back together. But boy, does it ever extend into farther reaches than just you being on your way to heaven. Glory to God. There is a call to wholeness from these angels. And I... When I was penning these words, I felt like the Lord really led me to use this last one. So I know that there is a, a prophetic kind of sense on this last one. This, that this call that was released from these angels was a call to worth. Remember what it said, and on earth peace. New King James, goodwill toward men. In the NIV, it says it in a way that maybe we would say it. It says, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. 
on whom his favor rests. If you've been around here for a little while, you will find out that the grace of God is the undeserved, unearnable favor of God placed upon your life, not because of your works, but because of what Christ came and did. And so here we find the people of God's favor. Let me explain to you what this means. Favor with God was purchased by Jesus through the finished work of the cross. And I know there's some people in here who say, if I were to quiz you, you would say, I don't feel favored. You would also maybe say it this way, I don't feel valued. Well, how do you determine the value of something? You look at the price that was paid for it. I love this. Just in case you think, well, well, there's a few people that, man, they're worthy of redemption. They're worthy of this great work of God. But me? No, not me. No. Well, why don't we just back up a, a few moments and listen to the angel that came. Because the angel said, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. All people, the favor and grace of God has been extended to you as a gift. For you to receive by faith. The birth of Christ does not guarantee the favor of God on a life. It guarantees the availability of the favor of God on a life. You say, well, pastor, you've been telling stories about wise men and Mary and Joseph in this series. And now you're telling about these shepherds. Man, these guys sound super important. Yeah, they definitely had a role to play in the Christmas story. Matter of fact, these guys are Levitical shepherds. Uh, According to the Mishnah, the the instructions that were written around the law, uh, no flocks were allowed to be raised in the city. Jerusalem, Bethlehem, you don't raise flocks in the city. Why? Sanitary reasons. Except for the flocks connected to worshiping in the temple. These were the sheep that would be used as a sacrifice in the temple. These were the sheep that God used to tell the story that the true Lamb of God was coming. And these were the men who were stewarding that message. That's personally why I believe God came to the shepherds. The very men who were stewarding the message that, hey, by the way, right now, they, these, are, these are animals. But, and as we sacrifice them in the temple, it is pointing us toward this truth. There is a lamb coming from heaven. He is the lamb slain uh, by, uh, from the foundation of the world. He has no spot. He has no blemishes. He is perfect in every way. He, is, he has no sin and these men were stewarding the story of the lamb that was coming which is why I believe the angels came to the shepherd and said shepherds the lambs you're keeping 
will no longer be needed because the Lamb has come. And while they are important for us in this whole story confirming who Jesus is to us, they are no more valuable than you are today. Because the ones on whom the favor of God rests are those who've had a price paid for them. I really felt like today in these services, I, 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 I needed to remind you of some words that were spoken by this angel. Remember what he said in verse 11? He says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is Savior who is Christ the Lord. Savior, Christ, and Lord. Savior, Christ, and Lord. Where do you find these three areas working in one verse? It's Romans 6.23. And it says it this way, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what do we find in this moment? What do we need to know about this moment where we've been valued by God? What do I need to believe about the value that he's assigned to me? Well, you need to believe Jesus is the Savior. That's how you receive this favor. You believe that he's the Savior. The Savior of what? The Savior, the one sent to save us from the penalty of sin. Aren't you grateful that Jesus paid the price for your sin? If you are saved in this place, you ought to give God a huge praise that the blood shed on Calvary's tree paid the price and I'm cleansed, I'm free, I'm whole, I've been made righteous, I'm a son of the living God. I've been adopted into the family of God. God, why? Because the blood paid the price for me. He saved me from that penalty by paying it himself. But you need to also believe about the, this one who gives us worth, that he is Christ. Christos in the Greek. Mashiach. In Hebrew, it means this anointed one literally it means one smeared with the mark of God and here's what it is here's what this means to us when you say the word Christ he means the one marked to liberate me the one God raised up to set me free from all captivity, all chains. The one who set me free from the bondage of sin. Listen, you have got to get it in your spirit that I am no longer broken. I've been made whole through Christ and I'm no longer a slave to sin. Oh, but I'm a slave to righteousness. Sin shall no longer have dominion over me. Why? Because I'm under grace. He's a liberator. He was marked by God to set me free. And if you'll believe it, you'll know your worth. 
You'll know how much he valued you. And then lastly, he is Lord. Boy, I tell you what, we love the part about him saving us from our sins. And we love the part that he's marked by God to liberate us. But as soon as I use a modern word, if I were to say, he is Christ, your owner. That's the word. That's the modern word. Owner. We like to say it, Lord of all. It's the only moment we speak language from 500 years ago. We don't have lords in America. But we have owners. And I think for far too long, we have, we have, we have abandoned the idea of, of, the, of him being owner of our life. I have a question for you today. Does he own your words? Does he own your thought? Does he own your life? Oh, I'm a, does he own your bank account? Is he owner? Because this is what he is saying. If you really want to know your worth, then you need to know the one to whom you belong. You belong to him. You are his. I know that in our culture that confronts all kinds of ideologies, but let it confront you until submission becomes your song, until surrender suddenly erupts from your heart because your owner is immeasurably good immeasurably good. The absolute owner of everything is the one who came on our behalf. He owned everything and yet came. I want to finish today with just this one thought. If you were in this place and God had something for you, what would it be? Is there a level of excitement in your heart that thinks that God has crafted something for you today? I promise you. You know, that, that's, I think this is why, you know, the scriptures say that we need to become like little children. If we're going to see and understand the kingdom of God. For those of you who've had kids and ever given them any boundaries on Christmas morning, like, please do not wake your parents up before 7 a.m. on Christmas. For us, it's a day off. But listen, I know that about 4.30 in the morning the Richter scales will start to go off in Florida as beds begin to shake with this excitement. Thinking, there's a gift for me nearby. Oh, if I can only get through my door to get to the gift. You see, I believe God is wanting to awaken in you a holy anticipation, uh, like a desire in you to lay hold of all that God has for you. And I think we could become like little children so excited for what God has prepared for us first in salvation, secondarily in healing. Listen, if you're saved, I'm so glad you're on your way to heaven don't stay broken. Let God heal you. Press in. 
I promise you, no five-year-old in their bed on Christmas morning is going to lay there and cross their arms and say, well, if my parents have a gift for me, I guess I'm open to it. And yet God is better than our parents. And that's what we say about him. Instead of living in holy anticipation, knowing the character of God and that he has crafted wholeness in Christ for us. First, to be, yes, saved from our sins. Secondarily, to be made whole so that we do what the shepherds did. You know what they did after this? They went telling everybody what they had seen and heard. And I think the reason the church has been silent is we have been satisfied with salvation and yet at, at, at some levels comfortable with our brokenness because our brokenness can excuse our involvement in the kingdom. I'm here today. I'm here today to echo the message sent by angels on earth. Shalom.